0: Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's a moral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that, that you know, business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother. And I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. I'm here to give your show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? 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 Set. Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is October 30th, 2019. Coming to you on a Wednesday here, day before Halloween tomorrow night uh you uh you got your candy and they're ready to hand out there crowber no i thought that was your job to take care of that get the big bag of candy at walmart the ten dollar bag of a bunch of candy but yeah i don't know it seems uh at least for us personally it seems like we don't get a whole lot of trick-or-treaters i remember last it was last year or the year before i'm not sure if it was here in vegas but maybe both houses but we'd have a whole bag of candy ready and we got like two or three people the whole time it's pretty crazy oh i know it's especially like when you're in a you know a fairly a normal, nice neighborhood with a decent amount of kids around. You'd assume it would be trick or treat central, but it yeah, is right funny and how running sort to PJ. I don't understand what the deal is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Roll the boat. Um, yeah, but anyway, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it won't uh, scare away any winners there on Halloween. If you're involved in the Thursday nighter. Um. All right. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's start off the pod and uh, let's dump into a little weekend recap here. A weekend recap all right so how did uh week eight treat you um yeah another another bad week it's pretty simple simply put it wasn't uh wasn't good i I got pretty much beat across the board a few weeks before at least i uh had some other people i follow or other plays groups of plays that i have group of people uh but yeah pretty much across the board i just uh, wasn't able to get anything going another bad college and day and then sunday another bad day for me so he personally, uh, released plays. If you focus on those, not good at all. Looks like, uh, yeah, 0 and 2. Uh, kind of a bummer. I mean, I did have some bets that I wanted to get there with. And at Kansas City, I don't really, I got that at five. I kind of waited till the number got up there. He's a little bit of late steam all the way up to six there in Vegas. I was actually in Vegas last weekend. So, watched the games in Vegas, was in Vegas, and, uh, <laughs> it, it got up to six, like I said, in some Vegas shots, but definitely you could tell with some, some pretty public money on the, on the Packers, which you would expect, but, um yeah, boy, Kansas City plus six at home there I just uh, think was a really great bet. Um, I also I released at plus five, but, um, you know, I'm going to bet that every day of the week. I, I think they definitely should have maybe not won the game outright, but should have been close, but for sure should have covered. But uh, then you look at the other side of it, uh, the Jets, and that one was about, you know, pretty, pretty much wrong side. Uh, with that being said, I definitely could have had a few uh, backdoor opportunities there where they could have covered that plus seven. So I think that was the wrong side, but easily could have covered. But the thing that bothers me the most about last week was a couple games I just couldn't get to the window with, uh or not to the window. I, I got to the window. I just couldn't get to the release page on uh, our own sports with. But uh, the Chargers was one. I, I don't know if they necessarily were the right side, but they ended up did covering. I just felt like the way Chicago was playing. And I never got in the podcast last week about that. But I ended up betting myself, just couldn't get a release play. And the other one that bothered me um was obviously the Dolphins. I was actually flying and had some. Some issues getting in, uh, the airport on the airplane and, uh, ran a little late and don't want to get into blabber at that point. But yeah, basically I, I did bet it personally, uh, pretty heavy, but, uh, I was unable to release it due to some uh, other, other issues. I probably should just released it earlier in the week is probably what it comes down to. I just trying to get the best of the number for, for any, uh, anybody looking at the release plays. But yeah, all in all is kind of a bummer. Uh, I, I, <laughs> a few plays I did release and up not getting there. And then the ones that I should have probably or was, you know, contemplating and up not getting to, to the release. So. Yeah, all in all for me, pretty pretty rough weekend for sure. But uh, how about yourself? Um yeah, I mean not great. It's pretty similar similar story to be honest. It, my play of the week, which is one of my two released plays, was just a wrong side, pretty much uh never really super live play in Buffalo. And then uh the other one I released was the Jets. Once I got up to seven, I just thought that was a a pretty great number taking seven against the Jags team and the Jets were alive for a little bit, but they just had too many mistakes and just weren't really able to hang with uh, Jacksonville, keep it close there, so it was kind of disappointing too. Um I suppose, I forgot, it seems like it's been a while ago, but uh, were you able to catch a decent amount of the games in Vegas or you, you did, had to play a little catch up here when you got back into town? Yeah, definitely a little bit of catch up. I, we had the you know, the two TVs, and then I'm one in my big one in my room. But it's uh, you know watching the Red Zone. I haven't watched it all year. It's been you know, a little while since you watched the Red Zone, and it's funny how much less uh, less you can get from a game just watching the Red Zone. I mean, it's better than nothing, obviously, than just looking at a box score or something or following on ESPN. But yeah, just getting a quick update. I mean, there's I don't know how many times I'm sitting there watching the game, and I think for the most part there wasn't a whole lot of anything that I missed. But if you look at an average day of, of action. I just, it, it's crazy how many times I'm sitting there like, well, I want to see that play or oh, what happened here. And you just kind of have, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, the, the host of Red Zone, whatever his name is. Ciciliano. Ciciliano. Yeah. Andrew Ciciliano. And, uh, you know, he doesn't do a terrible job, but it's just, there's a lot of times you're sitting there like, well, I want to, you know, what happened here? You have really, really a vague idea of what's going on. So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, cause like I said, it's been a while since I've actually watched the Red Zone, uh, cause we have all the TVs. So, but uh, yeah, it definitely is a, a little bit of a disadvantage for sure. Yeah, at least you didn't pick a terrible week to watch the red zone because I, I, I mean, even though I probably didn't feel like he caught all the action, boy, were specifically that morning slate was that just beyond boring. I, I went out and was out fairly late on Saturday at a Halloween party and uh, a little hung over there Sunday morning. Kind of uh, got all you know, got all the receivers set and and had all eight games on in the morning and I was just kind of looking from game to game and I was like, boy, these these look how I feel. It, it wasn't great. It was just, just not a lot of nothing happening and a lot of bad football and, and really only a couple of, uh, of close games late. And one of them was the Chargers Bears where they were trying to give each other the game. So, and of all weeks to miss, it probably wasn't a terrible one because it was just, from a viewership standpoint, it was just not, not too good of stuff. And then, like I said, when that coincides with, with losing best, that just makes it even worse. So, anyway, I was just curious about that, but yeah. Overall, just uh, not not the greatest week uh, by any means. So hopefully we'll be all set. We're both back here and uh, ready to go here this week. So hopefully we can get back on the horse. But before we get into this week's slate, let's uh, jump into uh, getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what games qualified then for getting the best of the number there, Rob? Yeah, it looks like we had two here. Um, the one was Seattle-Atlanta probably the biggest uh not, not the best one i would say just because of the you know the fact that we didn't know what the atlanta quarterback situation was but still it's pretty widely available i think it was six six and a half i was actually going to bet it myself before kickoff the day before and then and once it was for sure n- announced and that did jump up quite a bit a couple points but uh, kind of jumped around like i said six six and a half then went up to about eight eight and a half but i think it settled in at about Pretty much seven and a half across the board. A few sevens I saw as well. But uh, either way, this game landed 27 to 20. Seattle winning, obviously, and landed right on seven. So a little bit not as uh, not the best one, but still uh, definitely a candidate for this uh, segment. And the next one here, about a perfect example, is the Oakland-Houston total. It opened 49 uh, earlier in the week. We did the podcast last week is what I had on my sheet. And then it closed 52, 52 and a half. So, and then it landed right on 27, 24, which is 51. I actually myself had an under on that play at 52 or 52.5. 52 I can't remember, but, yeah, exactly. Uh, something you want to have uh, the best number for, for, for sure. So, yeah, two examples there, and, uh, like I said, the latter being the better of the two. All right. Absolutely. That's uh, a good couple there. So, well, let's uh let's do it. Let's jump into Week 9 here and uh, start it off, like I said, on that Halloween affair tomorrow night. Uh We got the NFC West battle. Undefeated 49ers heading to the Cardinals. Uh, it looks like the Niners are laying 10 here on the road with a total of 43. Um, yeah, my power in here, San Francisco minus 9. Lookhead line, San Francisco minus 7. Westgate open, San Francisco 7.5. And, and the total here open, 44. And just a reminder for this uh, week, like I do every week, I'm going to give the, the Westgate lookhead line for the bettable line the week before so we can get uh, take out Week 8's games. So you don't have an overreaction. We can kind of judge the difference there. That's the look headline. and the opener is just what Westgate open. Usually, uh, like for this week, they open them afternoon about three o'clock uh, Pacific time there on uh, Sunday, and then the total is just the same thing. They open about the same time most of the time. They open uh, the same as the point spread. Sometimes they open Monday morning, depends on the game and uh, the information they have. So, yeah, handicap here, not a whole lot on it. Uh, don't want to don't want to belabor it a whole lot, but to me, it seems like uh, the San Francisco team definitely you know prove something last week I, I forgot to mention the first segment that's another one that i was just about ready to release san francisco minus saw as low as four and that's what i bet it at myself going against carolina and that just that line didn't make sense to me i uh like i said bet it myself pretty good and should have released as a play it was like i said i was teetering on whether i wanted to or not and i end up not so another bad decision i made last week but it, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to give full three points for san francisco's home field you're only saying they're a point better than carolina last week and and, and obviously they went and blew the doors off that Carolina team, but, uh, I think, uh, that was a game that if, if they're a real team, I think they, 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 they showed that, I think last week. So I think the San Francisco team's for real and I'm not ready to be backing them here at, at 10 points, but, uh, I just, I just don't really think I can back this Arizona team even getting a whole 10 points at, at home on a Thursday night. It just seems like you got the better coach in San Francisco. You got the way better defense. That defense has been really impressive from San Francisco and. I don't know, we've seen a lot too of these, it didn't happen last week on Thursday, but these, these bigger bigger favorite and better teams, uh, seems like statistically in, on these Thursday games, it's, it's been really successful even if they're laying these bigger point spreads. It, just, it makes a little bit of sense because you have the better team that doesn't need as much time to prepare, and uh, coming on a short week you can have uh, can get it together with just better talent as opposed to having to scheme up something to try to stop the san francisco offense or try to you know get around the defense it just makes a little bit of sense but like i said you're paying a tax here even just look at the look ahead line being 7 you are going to pay 10 so um you know uh, maybe under 10 i think i'd be worth a small look at san francisco but even then it just uh, doesn't look like it's going to get there Money's came in on san francisco pretty heavy and uh you know it's like most of the time if, if you follow us or me specifically i'm not gonna be betting any big favorites but this is actually a something that'd be different for me. I, like I said, probably not going to bet the game, but I would definitely lean uh, San Francisco or maybe put them in teachers or something. I just, this Arizona team, I think uh, maybe a little bit overvalued. And uh, like I said, coaching, coaching mismatch on a short week. So yeah, lean San Francisco here for me. Yeah, hey, I don't really have a whole lot of opinion on this one. Uh, yeah. I, like you said, for me, it's pretty much in this price range. Almost always it's look at the dog or pass. And I, I don't really know totally what San Francisco is. I know they're good, but I don't know if they're uh a slightly above average team that's just had a pretty easy schedule and taking advantage of it. Or if they are uh, you know, borderline elite team like some of the stats would suggest and and like the record would suggest. And then with Arizona, they felt like at the very beginning of the year like they might contend for the number one pick or or in that ballpark. Uh but then they've obviously performed better than that to to some extent here. But also have had a pretty easy schedule themselves. So I don't really know what to make of either of these teams. And then you throw in a Thursday night factor. Yeah, you throw in the well you said a lot of the favorites have done good on Thursday night, but and I don't know have the stats are necessary to back this up, but it seems like home teams have been pretty good on Thursday night for the most part as well. Not having to travel on the short week. Um I don't know if that's just I I don't know, just misleading and just makes sense even for people to say that or not, but it definitely seems like that's the case. Um and also I heard something on I forgot some podcasts I was listening to where they were saying the better coach has been really good on Thursday nights, which makes quite a bit of sense. Since yeah, you like you said, you just have less time to prepare and you know the the sharper, more veteran coach that's been in that spot before is probably gonna do a better job of passing that test. So here you got Shanahan is not a old old coach by any means, but at least he's been in the league a while, whereas Kingsbury here is on his first go-around in his first Thursday night game, you can see where it might be uh, have a little difficulty adjusting to that uh, jam-packed schedule there. Um, just on a broader note here, not even just for this game, but I, I was mentioning last year when the Niners had a really poor and had a terrible record that I was a big Shanahan fan with his time in Washington and and uh, in Atlanta, and I just thought that. He was a he was going to be a really good coach, and I tried to back him in a handful of spots last year with Hoyer at the helm, and I'm just kind of kicking myself here. to think that this, the Niners are 7-0, and I think I've bet against them twice, and I don't think I've been on them all year. So pretty frustrating when you got a coach that you're super high on and you're anticipating way more than the results and even in, in the market was bearing last year, and then I don't come back and double down on that conviction and just ride on this year. Uh, when they're healthier and have a little bit more talent to work with. So I'm just – this kind of hit me last week when we were talking about San Francisco. It's like, boy, am I missing a lot of opportunities here when you have an opinion and then it just kind of, you know, fades into the back of your mind and you don't make any money off of it when you turns out you were right on it after I lost some money on them last year. It's just kind of infuriating. But at this point, obviously, the market's caught up, I think, to San Francisco and is accurately evaluating where they're at, so – no opinion really on this Thursday night game for me. It'll be, uh, it'll be a pass. Alright, uh, on to Sunday. We got another London game. We can't have too many London games left. It seems like we've had, you know, five or six so far this year already. Uh, this one at least we get the early start time, which I like. You get the, the morning game while you're getting ready for the, the, the early game. So, uh, this one we got Houston against Jacksonville. Uh, looks like Houston's a one, one and a half point favorite in London with a total of 46.5. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Houston 1.5. Look headline, Houston minus 3. Westgate opened this game a pick and the total here opened 47. Uh, this uh, yeah, one I'm not uh, too eagerly looking to get involved with, but um, it seems to me like you have one side here. It's, it seems like you bet Jacksonville or pass. I think that the biggest thing would be that, it's like you said, it's in. In London, so it's a neutral field, but Jacksonville on the card has the home field. But I think they definitely, uh, as opposed to any other team, it's, you know, they'd they always joke about it, but Jacksonville's, you know, moving to, <laughs> joke about moving to London as their new home field because they almost have as big a home field advantage there as they do in Jacksonville. I think a lot of it, I think I heard something about how they get paid, uh, quite a bit of money or something. They get, it's a big part of their revenue for the year too, just going to, to, to London. So yeah, I think Jacksonville, uh, they've done this every year. They, or they do it every year. So they, Definitely familiar with the protocol and what needs to be done. But with that being said, I mean, you know, Minshew, obviously he's a rookie. He's a new, he's a new quarterback, so he's going to have the first time experience and a lot of it puts it on his shoulders too. So, I mean, I don't want to overreact to that, uh, you know, the, the yearly London trip for Jacksonville, but I think it's definitely got to help between the coaching staff and just, uh, you know, what to expect. So I give the, the nod here to Jacksonville and, uh, take a little bit of points, but you know, it look, looks to me like this might be a money line type of play on Jacksonville. Um, you just get a little bit of a plus price, not a huge deal. Um, but I will be interested to see where this line goes because a little bit of money's come on Houston. I know the look kid line was three, like I said, but and it came in more like a pick-em or a one. But now it's a little bit of Houston money, not a ton, but even some sharper shops offshore. I see it. Uh, I see one going to two here already. So that tells me that you would maybe see some money here on Houston. And like I said, if it gets any higher, especially you know, two and a half, three, is something, to, you know, maybe, might have a look at Jacksonville. Right now, it's just a lean for me. Uh, like I said, maybe a money line play, but. Not, not in love with it, because I think, uh, Houston is a pretty solid team, and, uh, Jacksonville, you're, little, you're buying a little bit high now, uh, you know, like you, like you get last week, as well as me, bet against Jacksonville, and they won in, you know, decently convincing fashion, but, all in all, I think, uh, you know, this might be, a, a, a Jacksonville or pass. Yeah, I, I totally disagree on this. I, I don't, I mean, even though Jacksonville won that game by two touchdowns last week, I thought it was way more, the Jets just looked horrendous, and, and we're just awful then Jacksonville looked overly impressive in my opinion. And I, I think Houston is not a great team, even though people were handing them the AFC South a few weeks ago. But I just don't think they're I don't think they're a great team, but if, if Watson's healthy, which I don't know how the his his eye how that's uh treating him, I know he can't throw out the first pitch for the uh, game seven of the World Series tonight, so <laughs> it's obviously bothering him somewhat. Uh, but if 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 Watson was healthy and this wasn't in London, like you said, where it's definitely a built-in advantage for the Jags, having most of the players done that before, I would lo- absolutely love Houston here. But there's just enough, uh you know, there's enough unknown variables that I mean, I'm, I'm definitely cooled on a little bit. But I just think, and in, and in, you know, you're talking about a neutral side game and you're in, in the pick 'em range, I just think Houston's a much better team than Jacksonville. Uh, I mean at least Houston, you know, they they beat uh, they won at the Chiefs. And, you know, they won at the Chargers, and they should have beat the Saints in week one. So at least they're capable of of uh, playing against top-level teams. You look at Jacksonville, their wins are against the Titans, Broncos, Bengals, and Jets. I mean, they just, I wouldn't say feasted on the bad teams, but that's definitely where they've been the most competitive. Uh, you know, they kept the game fairly close against the Saints against with Bridgewater. And uh, then they lost to the Texans at Houston by one. Earlier in the season when they, uh, in, in a low scoring 13 to 12 game. So, I don't know. I just, I just think that, uh, in this type of game, I'm going to take the more talented team and the team that has, uh, in my opinion, a much higher ceiling and the much better quarterback if he's healthy. I don't know. I might, might end up betting Houston personally here, but I just, between the, the London factor and the, uh, the health factor there with Watson is probably enough to, to keep me off this one. Uh, from a release perspective, but I definitely lean Houston here, so. Started off with a little disagreement for us. Uh, perfect schedule here this week. Uh, we got the early London game, then we got six early games, and then four late games, so. Can't ask for much more, uh, from a viewership perspective, this space amount like that is pretty great, especially after last week when it was, I think, ten early games, three late or whatever it was, but. Uh, here I guess we'll, then, With that, we'll mention the bye teams quick. The Falcons, Bengals, Rams, and Saints are all on bye. So a couple teams there that definitely won't be missed. Um, All right, first early game, we got Washington heading to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo a a 9.5-point home favorite here, the total of 36.5, 37. Yeah, this line here, uh, let's see, my power rating, I guess start with that. Buffalo minus 12 is my power rating. Westgate, look head line, Buffalo 10. Westgate opened Buffalo 11, the total here open 36 and a half. And uh, yeah, not a whole lot of movement here on this total. we sitting pretty steady. Um, maybe a little bit of upward movement, but that's about it. And then, yeah, the, a little bit decent amount of money coming on Washington. Not decent, but, you know, a little bit of money coming on Washington to drive this this number down to, I see, as low as nine in some places and uh, you know, as high as 10 in some others. So sitting between nine and 10. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's... Uh, I don't know how you can bet this Washington team right now. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they've, uh, I was actually at the game uh, against when they were at uh, the Vikings. I was at the Minnesota game there Thursday night um, a week ago or a little bit less than a week ago and watched the whole game and they ended up you know, staying under and then Washington ended up covering. But uh you know, Minnesota there could have very easily scored. They kind of just run on the clock out playing keep away. And uh, I, I don't know, got down about the five, 10 yard line and, and, and very easily could have scored. So I'm not, saying that they should have covered, uh, necessarily, but at the end of the day, it's not like I was impressed with Washington at all, even though they did cover the point spread. So, and I think the big thing, I think, out of anything is you got to look at the quarterback play. I mean, the, the, Keenum went out after the first half with the head injury or concussion protocol, and, and he was actually moving the ball pretty good against that Vikings defense, which from a Vikings perspective, Vikings fan, I'm a little, uh, a little tough to see because that's not, uh, when you can't stop Keenum and, and bottle him up and, I think he only got six points, maybe nine points or six points, I think it was in the first half, uh, two field goals. But, I mean, they cut that defense, uh, you know, decently well and they didn't have a whole lot of way, you know, way to stop them. And I, that, that's a little discerning, but the once Haskins was in there, he couldn't do anything against the defense. So, um, I think there's a pretty big downgrade here at quarterback. And it seems to me from what people I've listened to or anything else I hear, it seems like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of an upgrade for Keenan, but not a whole lot. But I, I think there's gotta be a pretty big adjustment here between Keenum and Haskins, and from, like I said, from what I can see, I think Haskins is playing this this game. So uh, for me, if this is the point spread, if you can get under ten, and I, I'm like I said, I'm seeing nine, nine and a half. If you get something like that with Haskins in the game, I just don't think they can score points, and I think Buffalo. Yeah, you were. I I, I bet him last week too. Uh, just kind of figuring I'd get a better number, but I was you know pretty wrong on that game. I didn't I didn't really like the the spot for Buffalo last week. I think it was a Philadelphia spot, and then added in that weather. That's another thing that scared me away where I didn't uh, release it or, or double down on it last week. That weather, it just uh, it would be tough you know, to, to throw the ball and everything with that wind. And you saw the total jump down last week quite a bit in that Buffalo-Philly uh, under, although it did get over um, somehow. But I think with all that being said, I don't think it was a really good spot there for Buffalo last week, and I think uh, it's a little bit excusable. I think this, uh, and then nothing else, you've seen Buffalo the way they've, Succeeded here and have a good record is through these bad, poor teams. So I think if uh, this will be a type of game where they can beat down on a bad opponent, and uh, yeah, Washington coming off extra rest, I don't think that's going to help them a whole lot when they're kind of in shambles and uh, don't really know what they're doing. Um, and like I said, I think the biggest thing uh, handicapped for this this game for me is just Haskins being a quarterback. I just I think Buffalo's gonna be able to stop them that offense pretty easily. So I think it's just uh to me it just depends on if Buffalo gonna be able to score enough points to cover it. And I think that we'll be able to, like I said, uh, assuming there's not going to be horrific conditions uh, like they had last, not horrific, but pretty awful conditions like they had last week with all that wind, I think that we'll be able to put some points here on offense, and uh, that Washington defense isn't very good either. So, like I said, I think Buffalo here is a pretty good play. I might—I uh, like I don't like Lake Lane more than a touchdown ever, but I think this is a pretty good spot here to take Buffalo. Yeah, it's funny. I'd, usually we hardly ever disagree, but I think uh, we disagree again on this one. I. I don't love Washington unless, if Keenum plays, I think I actually like Washington a decent amount. Yeah, uh, I, I just, think, like I said, a little caveat, if Keenum did play, I think I would move from liking Buffalo to, to lean Washington. I think that's how big of a difference the, the quarterback play is for me. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I do think Haskins is unbackable. He's just looked horrendous and his, uh, what well, we've seen him in limited action here in a couple games where he's came in, so I, I agree that that. If I'm forced to bet this game and Haskins is a quarterback, I'll pick Buffalo just because he's been so atrocious. But if Keenum's in there, I, I definitely think this is quite a few points. And, uh, you know, Buffalo, they're just – I liked them last week because they just seem like a team that is going to be in a lot of close games. And if you get them in the pick em range, I think they're a team you can back because they do have a pretty solid defense. They've asked them to win by a margin. That's just not something they've really done all that well this year. Um, you know, the – they came back and beat the Jets by one week one. They won by two touchdowns against the Giants in week two, and I mean that was even kind of misleading because they jumped out uh early. I think they were up like twenty eight nothing or something like that. Because I remember I was on them in week two, and then they just got absolutely nothing done from then on out, and uh and held on by fourteen. Then they came back to beat the Bengals by four. They beat the Titans by seven, and just kind of a low scoring, sloppy game against the. Titans team that'll do that, and then the Dolphins they ended up one ended up winning by ten, but they were losing in that game. So asking them to cover double digits just seems like something that kind of goes against what they've been, and I think what they are. And even, and a lot of those, like I said, those are some of the or maybe the three worst teams in the league, or three of the four of the bottom six teams in the league, or I guess even the Titans in there throwing what is that five of the bottom six teams in the league, something like that. And to think that their biggest win on out of any of those is 14, and that only happened once. So if they wouldn't be covering this 10 against those other bottom feeders, you know why are they all of a sudden going to start winning by double digits against another one of these bottom feeders? Uh, like you said, unless it's Haskins, then I think it kind of throws throws all of that out the window. And uh, for me, then it's just a clear stay away. So for me, it's pretty simple. If uh, Keenum plays, and I uh, I think Washington's worthy of a bet. If he doesn't, then it's a pretty easy stay away for me. And, uh, hopefully Buffalo does kill him. Just maybe to get a lot of people back on board. And then, uh, we can bet against them here going forward. Alright, next game. We got Tennessee heading to Carolina. Uh, Carolina four point home favorite here, the total 41.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Carolina minus five. Look at line Carolina four and a half. Westgate open Carolina three and a half. And the total here open 41.5 and, a half, and- yeah, we're going to have a stretch here of some games that I like. And, uh, this is another one I, I like a decent amount. I think, uh, right side Carolina, um, bet against them last week. Like I said, I thought that just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. San Francisco got as low as four and then that game opened six, six and a half and got all the way as low as four before kickoff. And uh, that's telling me that San Francisco a point better than Carolina. I just didn't buy that with that, that solid defense of San Francisco. And, uh, but Carolina, they, pretty much got trampled in that game. We're never in it. It's pretty much over in the first quarter, a uh, quarter and a half. And uh, now you go look at Carolina going to play a Tennessee team that I think is a little overrated. And this, this, the I was on t- another game I bet last week, kind of like Buffalo. I bet Tennessee early in the week figuring that line was going to get to three. I just thought it should have been at three, and maybe it should have been. Um, but the way that game, that one specific you know, instance played out, I think Tampa Bay was a better team than Tennessee. And they got fortune in a few different areas. Tennessee played some good red zone defense and didn't let them score. Um, but how much is that on Jameis and that Tampa Bay offense, and how much is the Tennessee's defense? I guess that's the up up to the listener to decide. But all in all, I'm not overly impressed with this Tennessee team. I think they're a team that does keep it close. That'd be the one concern here uh, when in the point spread you're laying over three with Carolina. But at the same time, I think this could be a, a game where Carolina comes in and 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 looks pretty good and um, shows that they're a, you know above average team. Where I think Tennessee's a little bit below average team. I think. Carolina is a uh, you know, I guess borderline playoff contender. So I think this will be a game that they they need and uh will come back strong here in a bounce back spot. And I think it's a pretty good spot here for Carolina. So all in all, add of that, I think uh right now the markets are saying, you know, it's three and a half, four. They're saying that kinda like last week the Carolina's only a slightly better team than Tennessee. I think that's uh you know, mispriced. So yeah, give me Carolina here uh like three and a half or four and uh that's to me that's where I'm gonna look. Yeah, I like the the Panthers side of it too. Uh, not something I absolutely love, but I just, I, I don't know, Tennessee. Like, I liked him a decent amount last week, and I uh, ended up betting him myself and, and getting there. And it was as much a bet against Jameis and the Bucks than it was on Tennessee. And Jameis did what he tends to do all too frequently, where he threw two picks and had two fumbles, and another game where they should have won and they squandered. And that's just kind of what the Bucs do, whereas the Panthers, on the other hand, other than last week, a little bit, they're kind of the opposite of that. They're super steady ball control type team, and get it with get it to McCaffrey in space. And they're not; uh, they don't have a an abundance of playmakers, but they are just a pretty steady, solid team. And I think that's a kind of a bad matchup for Tennessee. And I was a little a little bit hopeful that Tannehill was going to be a big upgrade for Mariota, and I think he is somewhat, but he's definitely not. Despite them winning two games in a row here, uh, I don't I haven't been impressed at all really with their offense and and especially don't give them a whole lot of credit traveling in, into Carolina here who's probably got a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth from that beatdown last week but as opposed to it where it's a heartbreaker and they expended a lot of energy I think they kind of pulled out out the troops early and kind of waved the white flag there and and already kind of started conserving energy for next week so. I think this is a pretty good spot for Carolina. I totally agree and even in a neutral spot to say that there's only like a one point difference between these teams, I think Tennessee is just really not a good football team, so I uh I like the Carolina side as well. All right, uh we got Chicago heading to Philly here. Looks like Philadelphia is a four and a half, five point home favorite with a total of forty two and a half. Yeah, my power right here. Philly five, look headline, Philly minus three. Westgate open. Philly four and a half, and the total of the year open forty four. Um, yeah, this is a little bit of a tougher game for me, but I mean, it, it just seems to me like I said, I think it was a pretty good spot last week for Philadelphia. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact there on that last week game, even though like like you had some money on Buffalo, probably the wrong side, uh, pretty much from the start of the game, but. With that being said, I don't, I don't, everyone's kind of getting the sense, oh, Philly's back now, they're, they're healthy, they're getting healthier, all that stuff. And I think that is one thing to know for sure that the injury report for Philly just to me would be something you kind of got to wait a little bit longer to make a bet, I would think, to, to check that injury report to see if they're going to get any of their guys back that are going to be key. But all that being said, I think, uh, five points is a lot here. I, I, I do like the Chicago side. I'm not sure how big of a bet I'm going to have. I definitely will probably have some money, uh, You know, most likely have some money on Chicago, uh, assuming, like I said, that injury report and the line doesn't get uh, too whacked up from it. But um we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not sure where this would go either, cause like I said, I think a lot of it's going to depend on that. But uh, with that being said, I just feel like Chicago, uh, I, I bet against them last week, I uh, bet the Chargers, and they, they won the game and they missed that field goal, uh, a couple field goals that cost them the game for sure, and you can blame the coach of, being super conservative, taking a kneel down, all that stuff—we could get into that—but I think I've heard enough on other podcasts. But it is pretty, I think, atrocious coaching and, and play calling, especially when you have a kicker that is quite so questionable. But at the end of the day, you just look at the stats, and they—they they, they, did—they did probably beat uh, the Chargers, uh, you know, pretty handily. Would you look at the stats? So, with all that being said, I, I just feel like Chicago is uh, worth a look here for sure. Uh, getting over anything over a field goal, which obviously we're in that five range, which is pretty pretty good clear of it. So. I just, I just not really sold on this Philly team and I don't think they're fully back. I mean, especially with that secondary still banged up and, and, and they just couldn't get, I mean, if you look at one factor, if you want to take one thing out of, uh, one factor out of last week, why they were able to dominate, it, it's like, well, they have that big, big gap and big hole in that secondary and the Buffalo, they could throw it downfield a little bit with Josh Allen, but they just couldn't exploit it with those strong wind speed. I mean, you had 20 mile an hour winds, 25 mile an hour winds. I mean, it's pretty tough to exploit it throwing a 30, 40 yard ball. So, you look at going into this week i think that's going to be a lot more exploitable for chicago so if they can throw the ball downfield that might open up their offense give strubisky a little bit of confidence and you know i'm i'm the first that hasn't been on board with the Trubisky train but at the end of the day um i think he's still going to be better than the you know, majority of the backups in the league or whatever so i think he's still going to give the the chicago a, a fighting chance and keep him in this game and like i said opening up the ball uh downfield uh will open up the the run offense and and, uh, give the defense a little bit of a break. So yeah, I, I like Chicago here. I think this is a pretty good spot. So yeah, give me Chicago plus the points. See, so, yeah, I was, I was along the same path, but then I basically got to the same point. We just had different conclusions. I just, I think Buffalo and Chicago are almost carbon copies of each other. And that definitely scares me because I do think that Philly is definitely beatable and isn't really isn't good. And I don't really, I don't think it's warranted the upgrade they got from last week. But then it's like, well, now if I get a team that I can bet against them with, it's like, well, now I'm pretty much getting the Bills 2.0, and you know, maybe a slightly better version of the Bills. So that's a little disappointing to me. I wish it was a team that either, you know couldn't run the ball at all and could throw a lot, or you know, had a bad defense but had a great offense, or something like that. Uh, I still like Chicago in this game, and I do agree that anything over a field goal, because even though even though Chicago hasn't been good, and they did get blown out by the Saints a couple weeks ago. Other than that, all their games have been close all year long. So I just think that they're a team that is going to play a lot of close games with how good their defense is, and and for the most part how conservative they're for the most part how conservative their play calling is. Uh, just you know, trying to hide Trubisky at all costs. And this isn't a great game to do that because, like I said, you need to let them loose and against the secondary and hopefully have some success. And, and maybe they will do that. But I, I think this feels this should be more like a three, three and a half point ball game, or for spread-wise, and the fact that it's up here in four and a half five, I think is kind of ridiculous. It just, it sucks, because if you would have flip flop the Chicago offense, I think this could be one of my bigger bets of the season. It just sucks that this profile of team is so similar to a team that Philly had so much success against last week, but nonetheless, I, I still like the Chicago side as well, and uh, probably have at least a little bit on them here. All right, next game. I don't know if uh, there's any numbers out here with Mahomes in question, but we got Minnesota heading to Kansas City. You seen anything here? Yeah, I'm not seeing anything at all. I see one offshore book. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, a real line or not. I can take a look here quick. But either way, I I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't see that even available. So, no, I don't. I don't see anything at all. I don't know. I actually heard another podcast earlier today and they're, they're betting this game and, and throwing out a number. I don't really know what they're, <laughs> what they're yeah. betting on, but maybe they have more outs than I do and that's pretty tough to have, but uh, maybe that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It should, it should be a, obviously more fun if Mahomes came back and it was a hundred percent, but definitely an interesting one is, uh, especially as far as, you know, the Vikings fans go. I got some, I took some Vikings to win the NFC North at two and a half to one at the beginning of the year, and then I doubled down on them at four to one after they went two and two. And the fact that the Packers just kind of keep cruising along in their game back, and then the Packers got Matt Moore and the Chiefs last week. It, it'd be a pretty tough pill to swallow if Mahomes did happen to come back and and uh, win this game, or if the Vikes just blew it and, and lost in Kansas City to the backup, but. From, yeah, uh, I will yeah. say for this game, my, my number with uh, with more uh, being in, which I do expect him to be playing. It's hard to imagine that Mahomes could come back, but uh, with the more line I have here is Minnesota three. So to me, this is a you know we don't have any lines to talk about, so I don't want to just talk about thin air. But I think anything under three is worth a Minnesota bet, uh, assuming Matt Moore is a quarterback, and then um, if if Mahomes is in, I think if you can if I think that line I don't know maybe about three or something a little bit a little tick higher might come out. you would think I'm not really sure um and, and it's hard to tell because you don't know how healthy he is, but it seems to me if you can uh if if even if he is in uh I think anything if you get um uh, Minnesota anything above three would probably be wor- worth a look if it comes in three and a half or something so I guess that'd just be a kind of a baseline for me uh early in the week here without knowing a lot of information on the game. Yeah, and Moore did play, I think, pretty good last week against the Packers. I, I didn't yeah, not either. good enough to get a cover for me, but uh, yeah. good enough to look good. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree though. he definitely played serviceable. Yeah, as much of the defense, which isn't all that surprising with the Chiefs' defense as anything. So you think it would be a fairly decent week for the Vikings' offense to get back on track and, and sling around the field. But anyway, that's enough on that one with, with uh, hardly any numbers there. Let's head to a, the real barn burner. we got uh, AFC East Battle. Got the Jets off a awful performance at Jacksonville. Heading down south to play Miami. Uh, got the Jets three point road favorites here with a total of 40 and a half, 41. Yeah, my power in here, Jets three and a half. Look at line, Jets six and a half. Westgate open, Jets four and a half, and the total here open 41 and a half. And yeah, we won't get, I won't get into the, too in depth in this game, but yeah, I, like I said, like Miami quite a bit last week. Uh, that line was off. I think this one, um, I think every week here you, you had some value on Miami and Fitzpatrick about that offense, just the, long, the season-long statistics. You have all these numbers, guys, that are just off. That's why one reason I don't base my numbers or base my handicap and totally off numbers and statistics, because that's a perfect example. You just look at the season-long stats in Miami. Um, having Rosen in there is just a, a whole different offense and a whole different, you know, a whole different team uh, as opposed to Fitzpatrick. So that's uh, I think they're kind of slowly catching up here, maybe still – um, maybe maybe a tab behind, but I think yeah, and, and yeah, the more I think about, it, I think it's pretty pretty close to right. Online power rating numbers to th- three and a half, and it's sitting at three. I think don't think there's a whole lot of value left here in Miami. Um, and especially the Jets here, have been cost their backers, uh, me myself, the last few weeks here, uh, costing them some money. So I think they're uh, kind of deflated here in the marketplace, and you see that from the look headline. So, um, I, I only that, that being said, even with a uh, deflated number. I think the only way I could look still is Miami. I just, I just really can't bet this Jets team having to go down south here, um, in a warmer, warmer weather and uh, divisional game. It just, just seems like uh, Miami's been knocking on the door. So, and to be all, in all honesty, I can see this game going either way. The Jets coming and blowing the doors off Miami, or Miami keeping it close here and, and having it be an end of the type of game where they could hopefully come out with the win. So I, I'm not really sure, but yeah, either way, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, be, not gonna be involved in this game, and uh, the game I'm not excited to watch. <laughs> yeah, I. I like the Jets quite a bit here, actually. I already released a play on them, uh, a unit and a half play. I just think, what's the, the lowest Miami line we've seen? I mean, what were they against the Redskins? They were in a similar point spread range, but then there's a lot of uh, a lot of sharp money came in and pushed back up to like five and a half or six before kickoff. Yeah, I'd say I, I know I got up there at least. Other than that, I don't think they've been single digits against anybody. I guess the Ravens week one, they were only seven-point dogs before everybody realized they were tanking it that hard. But uh, to me, it just seems like, yeah, the Jets obviously haven't been great, but it three weeks ago they beat the Cowboys, who are, you know, some people are saying a Super Bowl contender and a fairly top-tier team, and then they come back and against the Patriots and have an awful, awful game in prime time. And then uh, against the Jags defense that's at least pretty respectable and I think definitely the best part of the Jags team. Uh Darnold goes down and throws three interceptions last week, so obviously that's not a great and yeah, we we both lost on him last week, but I, I just think against a Miami team that's hasn't been impressive and looks like they're actively not trying. I don't know, did you see the, the play right before half and against Pittsburgh on Monday night when the, the, the when the Steelers scored that touchdown? Honestly. No, was, I was on the plane actually. Oh, I was like What was it? It was third and 20, I think, at their own 40, and the Dolphins sent the house, and the Pittsburgh ran a little slant and caught it, and the guy, the guy housed it for a touchdown, and honestly looked like somebody that was trying to lose the game. Like it was, there was, everybody on Twitter was like, is this like legitimate tanking by the coaching staff? It was, it was pretty suspicious, and uh, it didn't even look like they were trying, like, You know, just that situation to blitz the house when it's third and 20 and they have to go the whole distance of the field with, like, 30 seconds left or whatever it was, it just – and then even that two-point play against Washington a few weeks ago where they threw that little bubble screen to try to win the game against Washington, it just seems, honestly, like the the Dolphins don't want to win games. I don't know if that's true or they're just that inept or their talent's just so little or what, but when you're talking about if only a field goal game here, I just, I don't know. I don't think that you're going to see Miami in this low point spread range the rest of the year, and the Jets haven't been good here, but they're also, they've been somewhat competitive, at least a couple times this year, against more elite-level teams or, you know, decent teams at least. So I just think you're getting a much better team. Miami obviously doesn't have much of a home field advantage at all with how horrible they've been, and it just seems to me like if you get if the jets are as bad as they've been the last couple of weeks this line's probably right and if they're going to have a good performance then you're getting a pretty good number here and i think there's a real good chance they cover this so to me it almost seems like a free roll uh kind of on the jets here and the worst case you're you're coin flipping and in the best case you have a great bet so i'm uh i like the jets quite a bit for a uh, bounce back and darn old up against a uh, less than spectacular defense where he's hopefully not going to turn the ball over three or four times like he has the last couple of weeks. It's definitely the way I'm looking here. Alright, next game we got Indy heading to Pittsburgh. Looks like uh we got Indy's a one point road favorite here with a total of 42 and a half, 43. In my power rating here, Indianapolis minus one, look headline, and the opener pick 'em. The total here open forty three and a half. Um yeah I think this that's be a pretty interesting game I think personally I obviously bet against Pittsburgh last week in Miami. I just that was too many points and <laughs> in that second half almost uh almost stuck it to them with like I said I was on the plane didn't watch most of that game, but um I know uh they were leading fourteen to three going into half and then when I landed, I looked at the score and it was uh you know twenty twenty eight to four uh twenty seven to fourteen so um yeah, like you said, maybe, you know, who knows with that Miami team, maybe it is a little, little fishy, but I, uh, either way, yeah, I think all in all. To 10 at half after that ridiculous touchdown, just. Oh, they, they got a touchdown me. quick before that I was the, that. Yeah, with like 20 seconds left, that was the one where the Miami blitzed the house and they gave up this oh, okay. 60 I didn't, yarder. Right, absurd. right. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I was busy, uh, yelling at one of the, the Sun Country, uh, ticket agents when they mm-hmm. will not let me on the plane when I was sitting there for a half hour, uh, I don't want to get into that, but yeah, it was a pretty uh, ridiculous thing. But you got a front row seat to watch the plane leave, at least. Yeah, that was the most. Uh, I've never missed a plane before in my life. I don't think. Uh, I was sitting there for a half hour, and they won't let me on the plane. And I saw people in the jetway uh, boarding the plane with the door open, and she won't let me on. So, um, anyway, uh, this one here, yeah. I, I think. Uh, I guess my main point of this handicap here, I think this Pittsburgh, I think, seems a little bit overrated to me. This Pittsburgh team, I just think, uh, you know, last week they almost covered, I guess, but. I'm not. I'm not too high on Rudolph, and I think you got to take everything with a grain of salt from last week, uh, second half, and all that. It just seems like, like you said, that that play before the, before the second half going into halftime, and you're playing Miami. I think a lot of it just got okay, just kind of almost just keep it out of mind. But uh, you know, at the same time, like I said, I don't have a huge, a, a really good read on this Pittsburgh team. But I think you got a pretty good read on Indy. I think they're a team that's going to keep it close and and, and a team that. You know, from to me, even on the road, it's some, a team I want to be backing. And, uh, the, the one thing, too, when you have a close game like this, the one question mark is the kicker. I know he's been, he's been struggling for sure, missed uh, some kicks, but then he ended up making that kick uh, with about 20 seconds left that long 50 plus yarder last week, um, with Vinatieri, But it, I don't know, to me, it just seems like Pittsburgh is, just, is, is, like I said, I think it's pretty simple. It seems like they're just a little overrated in the marketplace. And I get it there at home and they have a, you know, a decent home field advantage, but, uh it just it just seems like uh you know a a, a place where i'm going to i don't know if i'm going to back indie uh, at, at all but I just, it seems like you know a spot where you take the a, a, a short road dog, or a short home dog here in Pittsburgh you know, long you know long term speaking but you know i I'm, I'm just going to be a little bit probably a little bit harder for me to get to the window on Pittsburgh so i think to me it's either an indie or pass here but definitely not a game i'm looking super heavy to get involved with yeah it's kind of tough to tell exactly what to make of Pittsburgh cuz i do think they're overrated as well uh, you know, you can't hard take a whole, away a whole lot from last week and then they beat the Chargers on Sunday night on um, primed down the week before and then they hung tight with the Ravens uh, at home and ended up losing by a field goal. So I don't know. I'm just not really sure exactly where this Pittsburgh team is where I agree with you. I do think we have a pretty good idea of who Indy is and just the fact that they're five and two record. I think they're probably a little bit of overachievers and would, wouldn't mind betting against them, but in this spot, I do think I like, I like them where you're just basically saying pick the winner. Uh, I do think they're a better team than the Steelers. And yeah, like you said, obviously the home field comes into play, but I just, I don't know. I, 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 I want to bet Indy here, but I just don't know if I like them enough. When they just, even last, maybe I was just, I'm probably being too biased from what we saw last week where they should have lost to the Broncos outright. And we're pretty fortunate to, to come away with that win. So maybe I'm putting too much stock into that game because you look before they they beat the Texans fairly easily at home, and uh, and then they beat the Chiefs on Sunday night the week before that. So if you just throw out that last week game against the Broncos, you know maybe uh, maybe I really would like Andy here. So maybe I gotta let, take try to throw that out and not let that cloud my judgment too much. But just in general, their team that. Plays a lot of close games, and uh, you know, obviously in this, this point press spread range, it doesn't matter if they win close or win by a lot as long as they get there, so. Uh, I guess I'd, I'd lean to Andy as well, but not sure I'm gonna be heavy on it. Alright, uh, afternoon games. First one we got is Detroit heading to Oakland. Looks like, uh, Oakland's a two point home favorite here with a total of 50, 50 and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here is Oakland minus two look line here. Pick them Westgate open Oakland one and the total here open 51. Um, yeah, it it, just kind of like the game before in in a sense, but not quite the same, but it seems like Oakland again, It. it, I, I think I'm a little bit off here on Oakland compared to the market. I think Oakland's a little bit higher on this Oakland team than I am. And, um, I thought this game would be closer to you know, probably get to three, and I, I think it still has a chance to get to three. I, it seems to me like uh, this, like I said, it has a decent chance to getting to three, and if that, that is the case, or even two and a half, I think Detroit's probably worth a look. It's just, I think Stafford's been, is playing too good of football right now, and, and it's looked pretty solid, and even last week they didn't cover. I was on Detroit myself when it got down to six, and they didn't cover, but they got a cheap backdoor cover, the Giants did, and I think the, the Detroit. Had full control that game. It felt like the whole game. So I, I don't really take a whole lot away from Detroit there. I think uh, they were probably the right side in that game and ended up, like I said, Giants backdoor covering there. It's a little, uh, a little lucky, I think. But at the end of the day, um, Detroit, I think it's, that, that was, wasn't the best position, I think, for Detroit. That's what, that's why I didn't have a huge bet on it just because uh, laying points like that. I just, I feel like Detroit's a much better underdog team and an underdog role. And you always have, uh, you know, Stafford, if, you know, not a huge room here in this point spread, but a backdoor. And get a uh, late, uh, you know, late points there quick on the offense side, offensive side. So, yeah, to me here, I think, uh, it looks like it'll be a little bit of higher scoring of affair. And, um, I think, yeah, you know, like I said, I think Detroit field to put some points on the board in Oakland. Like I said, I think they're, they're, they're pretty impressive. They had, a, they've had a lot of tough teams. So their strength of schedule is definitely pretty strong. I think a lot of that's probably what people are going to be looking at here as opposed to Detroit. But I, I just, I, I, like I said, I think Oakland's kind of just, uh, Little, I think they're overperforming a little bit, or you know, what they what they should be, or what I expect them to play. So I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit because this was a team that's going to that's pretty horrific going into the season. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Oakland's going to take some money. I still think uh, this has a chance to get to three, but even at two and a half, I think Detroit uh, definitely worth the look here. Yeah, I, just, I mean, looking at the results, Oakland's performed just fine. You know, they lost a close game to the Texans last week. They lost to the Packers by eighteen, but. Like we said last week, this is definitely a little misleading. They, they could have been a lot closer in that game. than they beat the Bears in London, where they got out to an early lead and then held on. And then they won at the Colts the week before, and it was kind of a it was a pretty good spot for them. So they, they've been performing just fine. I just I just don't really buy them. I just I don't think they're that good of a team, and I think they're overperforming their results. Uh, even though they are three and four, I don't even think they're that good. Whereas the Lions are three three and one, so I think the price range here is their pricing. Is these teams are pretty equal uh, a lot based on their record. But then you look at Detroit, and it's like they had that game pretty much in hand most of the game. And even though it sucks for Lions backers like you last week that the Giants came through the back door like that, they were never really in in doubt of losing the game. And then the week before to the Vikings, you know they ended up losing by twelve, but they were they were in that game for most of the game too. And a couple things could have happened differently. And then maybe the you know who knows they maybe could have snuck that one out and the week before they should have beat the packers if it wasn't for the uh, the refs jumping on the packers and pushing them across the finish line and even the week before that they uh, only lost by 4 to the chiefs at home in which a game that could have gone either way so and <laughs> going further back they beat the eagles on the road and they beat the chargers so it just seems like the lions have been a sneaky really solid team here and maybe they're starting to trend a little bit the opposite way i think you could maybe make that case with you know some injuries and whatnot, but I just think that the the Lions are a better caliber team than Oakland. And Oakland's their offense has been okay, and, it, and it's put up a decent amount of points. But I just I don't trust Carr at all. He's just you're just watching him. He's, he he sails balls a lot, and I I do give Gruden a lot of credit for getting as much out of this team as he has because I'm not really impressed with most of their players. Whereas Stafford, on the other hand, he's kind of been a punching bag throughout his career in a lot of ways. Uh, just saying, you know, he can't win big games and kind of a lot of the same knocks that Cousins gets. He's just a stat pattern and everything, and, and to some extent he is, but he's been playing pretty good football for the most part this year. And in a matchup here, I'd much rather have Stafford over Carr. And I, the the Detroit's defense has kind of been an up and down, but if they're up, they're a way better defense than Oakland. And if they're down, they're basically a draw. So uh, in a game where they're being priced pretty – Pretty uh, similarly here. I, I definitely Detroit. Um, yeah, like Detroit. Yeah, you said if you can get a three, I'd absolutely love it. Even at two, I like it. I'd bet Detroit money line. And then I've actually already released a, uh, a two-unit play here. Feel super good about this one on the over. I know I had some uh, over last week in the Detroit Giants game, and uh, mentioned that on the pod. I like that quite a bit, and I don't know why I didn't release it. I definitely should have. But um, that one got there relatively easily. And the Lions, I think with their injuries, have trended more towards an over team. And then Oakland, every time I watch them, it's like, you know, they they have some success offensively, and their defense is just horrendous, especially in the secondary. They just give up chunk plays to the Texans, Packers, even the Bears. It just it doesn't matter who they're playing. They're giving up huge plays to. So I think this is a great spot here for the over. And a lot of these games, you know, where I think it's going to be an over shootout like we'd have with uh you know, Atlanta on the Rams a couple of weeks ago, they're priced up in the 54, 55 point range. So the fact that this is only in the 50 range, I think is a little bit of a discount. And then you also got the uh, interconference thing going where when you got teams playing, you know, one AFC team, one NFC team, those tend to, to lean more towards shootouts and higher scoring games generally because they're not quite as important and they're not, you know, division games or anything where they're Hard fought, so they, they tend to lean over more so. So I think quite a bit about this game sets up for uh for an over, and I think there's a little bit of value on Detroit. So that's uh, I like this game quite a bit actually. Next afternoon game we got Tampa Bay heading to Seattle. Uh Seattle six point home favorite here, the total of fifty one, fifty one and a half. Yeah, my power right here, Seattle minus six, look headline, Seattle five and a half, and the Westgate open, Seattle six the total of the year open 53 um yeah a little bit of downward movement on this total under it's i don't i don't think i totally disagree with it um seems a little little high on that total um but not a huge opinion but um sidewise i think uh i can only look one way and i think that's going to be the Tampa Bay side i just feel like seattle obviously this year small sample but they, at home they've uh, had some trouble and hasn't been that dominant home field like we typically see with seattle and that could just be a change of the time and, and they a change of that Seattle team altogether, not having as good a defense and anything else. But I just think Seattle is just a, a team I'm a little bit tough to, to get in bed with for or against right now. I've been kind of wrong on them almost every week here, every time I tried to bet on them. Um, I did want to bet on them last week at six and a half, six, but uh, it was kind of hard to, a little bit hard to get that. I wasn't able to pull the trigger, but, um like i said it's just uh, a team i can't i don't have a huge a pretty good gauge for but this seems to me like a like i said tampa bay i think was a better team last week against tennessee and uh didn't end up winning and had that one call goal against them where they fumbled the ball going for it on fourth and two when they did a fake field goal and the refs prematurely called the whistle and reality they should have let the play go and tampa bay would have scored a touchdown and probably wouldn't end up winning that game outright so Um, not that that's just one play and then even without that they they you know probably still should have won the game so um I think I think Tampa Bay like you said when when you're when you're going over the Tennessee game it's just tough tough to get in bed with Winston Uh, that's definitely a a thing uh, especially going into Seattle uh, which in theory should be a, a really good home field and tough to play with that noise um for for Seattle it's gonna be tough to play go in there but at the end of the day, I just feel like this is a pretty expensive price here for Seattle Delay lay uh, with a, a Tampa Bay team that's capable of putting up points uh, or, you know, staying in games and putting up points. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll, uh, you know, I, I look at Tampa Bay, but again, it's just it's kind of tough when you're only getting six. It'd be uh, something if you get a little bit more, which is probably not going to get there. But maybe like seven, you'd look a lot uh, heavier at Tampa Bay. But like I said, I don't think it's going to get. Uh, I don't even know if we'll get above, much much above six. So, um, yeah, maybe six, six and a half, uh, look at Tampa Bay, but not not a huge play. Yeah, I, I lean to Tampa as well. I just I don't think Seattle's that good. They're definitely not six and two good. Um, I've pretty much been bet against or, or passed on Seattle all year, and for the most part it's paid off. I, I got some money against them with the Saints, with the Rams, with the Ravens, and uh, the only time it didn't work for me is when I had the Browns in a game where they had every chance to win and, and couldn't do it. Couple weeks ago against the, against Seattle. Uh, It does scare me because last time I took Tampa Bay, it was against the Panthers in London and, and it was pretty non-competitive. And that just Tampa Bay is such a high variance team that I just think each point is less valuable with them than it is with a lot of teams. So obviously you want to get the best of the number regardless, but just me, I could see Seattle or Tampa Bay going in here and winning kind of like they did at the Rams. If their offense is clicking and Winston makes less mistakes than he does good throws, or I could see a deal where, yeah, just the the 12th man gets going and it's just a house of horrors and it's four turnovers later again and Seattle's winning another game where they didn't, they weren't all that impressive and kind of got it handed to them. So to me, I I think I'll probably have a a smaller bet on Tampa and I think it's a great spot to bet the Tampa money line if you are going to play Tampa in the game because Obviously the, the the points are valuable, but in a spot where you can get plus two thirty, plus two forty, somewhere in there, I think Tampa has almost as good a chance to win the game outright as they do to to cover. If 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 you get good good Jameis and, and an offense that gets the ball moving, so maybe one of those things where you uh, you know bet half on the money line, half with the spread, and and uh, if they do lose a close one, then you'll you break even. But if they do happen to win the game, which I think they have a decent shot of doing, uh, then you can really make a decent score in this game. So that's that's probably what I'm going to do is small bet on the Tampa spread, small bet on the Tampa money line. All right, next game we got Cleveland heading to Denver, and uh, Denver's got Flacco out and another Allen quarterback coming in to start for them. Looks like Cleveland's a three-point road favorite here with some extra juice and a total of 39. Yeah, my power in here, Cleveland minus three. Look ahead line obviously it was a Flacco line Denver one and then the Westgate opened Denver one for a few brief minutes and then shifted to Cleveland two and a half uh, after about five minutes of being open and then obviously up to three now like you said a little bit extra juice and then the total here opened 42 and a half and then uh, likewise that's getting bet down too obviously with the changing quarterback so uh, me here I uh, it's already worth a bet uh, for me for at uh, one and a half I just thought that was a terrible line. With Cleveland having to lay less than the field goal. Obviously, my power range suggests that as well. And, uh, don't know any much about this Allen kid, but I, it's hard to imagine that, uh, Cleveland, uh, won't be, won't be the right look. But now you're, you, that doesn't really matter now, uh, in present day, obviously doing the podcast now that the huge adjustment, it's, it's like I said, they, they, re, they moved it to one and a half, uh, at some books, uh, for a lot of books had a one and a half or one, and then, it just took, I guess it took a lot of money or a little bit of money and it moved really quickly up to three, but you would think that when they make it the adjustment from Flacco to the backup here, you think instead of going from one, one and a half to Cleveland one, one and a half, think they would make it up in three right away. Like I said, that's what my number suggests. That's why I already bet it with Cleveland, but um yeah, sitting at three, it's just uh, a little bit tougher for me to get to the window, but I just, I don't really know. I mean, you're going to take a pretty big leap of faith here to bet back to Denver and I get it. You have a home field and all that, but it seems to me when you have this Denver team, they got some turmoil in their their uh, their office right now, or their uh, their team right now from the front office with uh with everything with that Flacco press conference and all that stuff. That's got to be a little bit of a headache for them and uh, the coaching staff, and it, it just seems like uh, the home field's not going to mean quite as much to Denver when they're pretty much dead out of the water and and out of playoff contention and pretty much a lost season. And then Cleveland, I think, is kind of the opposite. They've I don't think they played that bad against the Patriots last week. I had a pretty big bet on Cleveland and they ended up just barely not getting there. But, uh, they were, you know, they, they had a chance in that game and they didn't, they didn't get dominated or anything. But uh, all in all, yeah, like I said, I think this is, you know, for me, it's Cleveland or pass. I don't want to belabor it anymore, but it's just a little bit too pricey now. I guess is what it all comes down to. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think it's Cleveland or pass here. Um, there's Allen. I guess I, I'm not a college football savant by any means. I've watched some here and there, but I'm not. Uh, Super into where I know every player on every team, but I was listening to something they were saying he was, uh, even at Auburn, he wasn't all that impressive. And he's 27 now, and he was in the 2016 draft. So he hasn't had any opportunities yet. That's about the only thing you can give him. But the fact that he really hasn't had a shot or haven't even heard his name mentioned or he hasn't even had, like, flashes in preseason or anything is definitely pretty damning. And they're already talking about Drew Locke playing later in the, in the year once he's, uh, back. So it just seems more like a stopgap more than anything. Uh, so not, not somebody to get all that excited about. It's just a matter with Cleveland is how many penalties are they going to get and how many times are they going to shoot themselves in the foot? <laughs> so to me, it's their game to win. It's just a matter if they want to go win it. Uh, that's definitely the way I would look. But yeah, like you said, if, if you could get, if you got it in before, it's great. And now I still lean that way, but. I think there's probably better opportunities on other games I've liked more, I'd rather just allocate my, my capital towards those games under this one, but, uh, agree with you, lean, uh, lean Cleveland here. Alright, last afternoon game we got Green Bay heading to the Chargers. Uh, looks like Green Bay's a three and a half point road favorite here with a total of 47 and a half, 48 yeah my power right here green bay three and a half look headline green bay four westgate open green bay minus three minus one twenty and the total here open forty five and a half um yeah I don't have a huge opinion on this game either uh this green Bay team I think I'm still a little bit lower on than the markets are but uh like I guess I feel like I was a little bit fortunate there with that Chargers win last week they're not win but the cover they they probably should have lost outright after they missed a couple short field goals shorter than 45 yards, so uh, the, and bears being that. But all in all, I think the Chargers that obviously the home field is not going to be very, there's very little, one of the worst in football playing on the soccer field there. And, um, you know, this Chargers team is, is still pretty banged up and I'm not really sure where their heads are at. Um, they did get a win, so maybe they can bring home some momentum, but at the same time, I think this, this Green Bay team is another game where they have a, kind of like you mentioned in the Kansas City last week, they didn't have to do a whole lot to, to, to come out of there with a win because they had a backup quarterback and a team that would normally would have been a really tough comp- opponent so i think this is another favorable spot here for green bay having to go to the chargers um it a fairly easy road trip you have a later game later afternoon game so it's not an early start uh for them either so i, I don't know like i said i think uh i don't i don't i don't know if necessarily the spot favors green bay by any means but i don't think i'm just definitely a, necessarily a great charger spot but with all that being said, I just, I don't really want to back Green Bay. It's just, I don't, I don't have enough faith in this team to be laying more than a field goal on the road, um, to a, a, Chargers team that's capable of, you know, have some playmakers and put up points. So yeah, not, not a huge, uh, not a huge game, game that I like a, a lot, but like at the end of the day, I think, uh, if anywhere I'm going to have to look Chargers, I guess, but yeah, a game I'm really not too eager to get involved with at all. Yeah, pretty much agree. I- I definitely want to go Chargers and just take the the points at home. But like we mentioned a bunch of times too; yeah, they don't have a great home field advantage. Their team I'd rather be back on the road than I, than I would at home. And I just been I've been looking to bet against Green Bay because I just don't think their defense is all that great. And although their offense has been clicking here pretty pretty good for the last few weeks. Um, the are just typical seems like close game either either or type team where they can play up to their competition or play down to their competition. So and it seems like they are getting a little bit healthier now too. So I, I probably will end up betting the chargers. I don't know if I'll like it enough to release it. Uh, but I, I just think green Bay is overrated. It just, to me, it's pretty clear, even though they got there last week, they're, they're a good team, but they're not a seven and one elite super bowl favorite type team that I think they're not even this line's not crazy on them, but I just, uh, I don't know. I think, I can see where if they play this game six weeks from now, this would be under a field goal instead of over a field goal for Green Bay. So that's uh, that's. I think the Chargers are worthy of a bet, but nothing nothing I'm going to get too gung ho about. All right, Sunday night got a pretty good one here. We got New England undefeated heading to Baltimore, and uh, looks like New England is three and a half point road favorite here with a total of forty five. Yeah, my power in here. New England minus three. Lookhead line. New England six and a half westgate open new england five and the total year open 46 so obviously it jumped right off the page i think the one thing you got to look at right away is that look headline um you'd have to wonder is it just seems so far off you know so far off my power ratings and new england uh you know baltimore's on a buy obviously so you can't really judge account for anything new from the last week here so the only thing that's different is new england played a game against cleveland that they one in coverage so i mean you can't really downgrade new england at you know if anything or, or at all so i mean you know where the adjustment in that power rating or sorry the look at line it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense so i think the only thing i can really lead to is maybe it just wasn't a good line or or something but uh you know all being said my power rate number comes in a little bit lower than this so you know numbers suggest you know small play on baltimore but it's just uh you yeah, know boy i've been getting burned on New England here the last couple of weeks. Had like I said, had a big play against them last week and had a decent play the week before and uh, yeah, I just uh you know, kinda get uh, getting tired of getting burned a little bit. But uh, again, it just seems like this New England team with that offense that it's gonna be a little bit tougher for them against Baltimore's defense, I believe, and I think Baltimore's offense is gonna give the trouble a little bit of trouble to this New England defense as well. So again, uh, kind of sound repetitive and redundant, but the only way I could look here would be Baltimore. Um, but again, it's just a, a bet I'm really not, uh, not really rushing the window to get to and, and something I'm most likely not going to get involved with. That's just, uh, especially now that the numbers came down so much since the opener. Um, just steady Baltimore money. It just, you're not really getting any kind of a bargain either at this price. So, um, yeah, uh, Baltimore pass, but again, uh, another one I'm probably just not going to be lo- likely to get involved with. But like you said, it will be a good game to watch for sure. Actually, yeah, see, I think people are giving Baltimore too much credit for that win against Seattle. I think that's kind of the, the sentiment is driving this number down. So I've, I think as a per example of two teams I'm kind of looking to bet against and I think Baltimore looked impressive enough where now you're kind of getting value taking New England and going against Baltimore. The only thing that worries me a little bit is the fact that New England really hasn't played anybody all year either. I mean, their, their best win, I guess, is the Bills who, you know, they don't look all that great now either. Other than that, it's probably the Steelers. So then you look at the flip side, and Baltimore had that big win against Seattle that I don't think is even all that impressive. And then other than that, their best win is the Steelers probably. So you got two teams that maybe that's just kind of what you're going to have a lot in the AFC. It's just like a, none of these wins are really all that impressive. Uh, so I guess it's kind of hard to tell the, what you're going to get from that. It seems like I kind of lean a little bit to the under here. It just seems like Baltimore just runs the clock constantly and just – wants to keep it going. And then New England kind of does those ball control short passing drives a lot too. And their offense really hasn't been that great for pretty much all year. So to me, I kind of lean under under it the 45 and just figure it's going to be a, a steady moving clock and it's going to take some kind of flukiness to get it over this total. And then I also, I, I lean to New England. I don't know if we'll end up getting there, but I just trust the pedigree and, and the system and, and Belichick, even though I do like Harbaugh. I just trust the whole New England setup over Lamar Jackson and and what Baltimore has to offer because I do think with Belichick is going to take away your best your best thing and if he does take away Lamar on the ground I just don't trust anything else I have to to win this game so I, I lean New England and I, uh, I think I like the under so that's where I'll be in that one. Uh, all right, it's Monday Nighter. We got the NFC East battle. We got Dallas. Seven point road chalk here, heading to the Giants. That uh, looks like a total of forty-seven and a half, forty-eight. Yeah, my power in right here, Dallas seven and a half. Look headline, Dallas minus nine. Westgate open Dallas seven and a half, and the total here open forty-eight. Um, to me, kind of similar to last game. I just feel like, uh, you know, I just, I don't know how you could really back, you know, how you could really bet Dallas here laying seven on the road. And I, and I get it. I think, like I said, Giants last week, I think it was a little bit phony. I don't think they really had any business covering that game. They were, uh, pretty much out of it against Detroit and the last ditch effort and got a backdoor cover, but, um, I'm not really too impressed with this Giants team at all. So I mean, I'm pretty low on this Giants team, but with that being said, I just, this Dallas team, yeah, they are coming up a bye. Um, but I just, I'm just really not too high on them either. And then you look at a divisional game, um, and, and where they have to travel to the, to, uh, to New Jersey there for the Giants. It just seems like, uh, I don't know if it was necessarily too high, uh, cause I don't really know, cause I know if he made it, if they did make it at less than seven, I'm sure they'd just get a lot of money on Dallas. So I, mean, I, I kind of understand where the number's at, but I just, I, me myself, I just can't fathom backing Dallas, uh, with laying seven points here. So obviously that means, you know, you have to back the Giants or pass and, uh, yeah, it's, it's me, I think it'll be a decision, you know, on Monday, what, what I want to do and see where this line goes. Like, like I said, uh, op- the look ahead was, Look, okay, it was nine, and then they opened seven and a half. So I mean, you're you're definitely not. You already lost a little bit of value if you were going to bet the Giants because losing that hook is pretty significant. So that's something that has to be considered. But I won't be surprised too if this line um gets back up there by the time kickoff. I mean, it's a Monday night game. Public gets involved on Dallas, and uh, I won't be surprised if this does get above seven again. So maybe it's something if you wanted the Giants, I probably won't be worth waiting. Maybe I would think. And see if he can get that extra hook. And, uh, you yeah, know, we'll see. And, and again, I don't even love it at seven and a half, but, uh, just try to get the best number like I always do. But, uh, again, Giants are past, but just again, not a game I'm, I'm really looking, really eager to get involved with. Uh, I know last week I was, I like both those primetime games, Kansas City and Miami, but this week, uh, a little bit different story with not a, not a huge, uh, huge opinion on either one of them. Yeah. I just think, yeah, like, Mechanically, or just by looking at the numbers, like, okay, you should probably be on the Giants here. And I can see a case for that. I I don't, there's no way I would bet Dallas, but it just, and you're trying to make a case for the Giants, it's like last week they got lucky and stuck through the back door against the Lions, and then the week before they got manhandled by the Cardinals, even though they only lost by six in a game that I had them, and then they got beat by the Patriots by 21 the week before. They got just manhandled by the Vikes the week before that, so a majority of the time, the season, then during uh, Daniel Jones's career, they just haven't hardly been competitive. So they're not a team that really fights and sticks around for the most part. So I, I don't know. I just don't have any faith that they're actually going to keep it close. And uh, I don't know. I think if anything, I kind of would lean over again here. I think the Giants, like I said last week, I think the, the Lions kind of were over team along with the Giants. Like they both kind of were, and I still think that. It just seems to me like the Cowboys won't have a whole lot of problems scoring points against this pretty terrible uh, Giants defense. And then on the flip side, I think uh, Daniel Jones will either score points or turn it over and create points for Dallas. So no real opinion on the side, and uh, I think I would I'd lean to the over, but don't like it quite as much as some of the other plays I've had here. So that'll do it. That wraps up the Week 9 card. Let's finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so last week I had the Bills, which is pretty much a wrong side loser, and then you had the Chiefs that looked like it was fairly, fairly likely to come through for most of the game, and ended up just getting nipped there at the end by uh, by the Pack. So that's another 0 2 week, which is pretty frustrating here. And uh so what through eight weeks we didn't do the first week, so we're about three and four now in the year. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, pretty frustrating because we started off pretty well, or pretty pretty good, and did pretty well. Um, I think that just kind of shows you with handicapping or NFL handicapping specifically, just and uh, in, in general handicapping, just how uh, frustrating it can be. And something, uh, you, you know, even myself at times, it just gets, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty tough to keep uh, moving on and just uh, whether you have bad beats or just bad plays or whatever it may be. It's just kind of tough to keep motivated and uh, you just kind of kind of stick to a system, and kind of just keep uh, keep grinding away and. Don't uh, try to bet too much and get it back, and don't try to give up. You kind of just got to stick to a system, like I said, and, and, and be consistent and, and, and keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that being said, you still have the T box. Where are you where are you going this week? Yeah, it's uh, to me, it's a little bit tougher. For uh, there's a few games that are kind of on my short list, but not uh, nothing I love. But I think what I'll do, I think. What I think what I'll do is just because it's kind of most widely available and it's not really a split line for the most part. I think I'm just going to take Chicago plus five. I think I have enough faith in them to be able to cover that number. Um, again, not a game that I absolutely love, but I think game you know, I'm definitely going to probably be in, I'm definitely gonna be involved with. Just kind of going to depend when. So yeah, I think Chicago plus five is uh, worthy of a bet here for uh, their pick of the week. All right, uh, I'm going to go to the one I had released two unit play. I like it quite a bit. Um, I think there's probably more 50 and a halves now than 50s, so I'll uh, take the over in the Detroit Oakland game at 50 and a half. So let's uh, flip that 0 and 2 around and, and get a little 2 and 0 going on the picks of the week this week. Uh, any other concluding thoughts here on the Week 9 pod? No, yeah, exactly. We should uh, should I get it going again and. I think we'll be able to turn it around here i think this might be the card to do it like i said not nothing that i a ton that i love but i think i'll have enough plays where maybe i can kind of build it back up uh, and get back into the the positive figures here but yeah let's uh, let's do it and hopefully uh likewise we can get the vikes to get a, a big win here against kansas city on the road yeah i'm i'm loving this week myself i like to said the viewing schedule is great with the uh 164 sunday i think i like the card quite a bit there's a handful of things that jumped out at me here and i got a couple plays released, definitely going to be releasing a couple more. And uh, just from a viewership standpoint, there's quite a few interesting games that uh, I'm excited to watch. So excited for Week 9. Enjoy it, everybody. Good luck with uh, any wagers you do put into action this week. And we'll be back next week to recap Week 9 and look ahead to Week 10. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.